as we get ready to, um, to uh, launch this new series, right, called Hashtag Struggles, uh, which, like we kind of said earlier this morning, stuff we're all, we, we all got stuff we're dealing with, right? I mean, some days it's harder, some days it's easier, but we all got stuff. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at several areas of our life that we all struggle with, if, if not regularly, at least from time to time. And, you know, we're going to look at things like relationships and fear and self-worth, and we're going to examine them, and we're going to uh, try to understand a little bit more about why there's such powerful forces in our lives, uh, you know, where and how they kind of tend to cause difficulties for us. And fortunately, right, I mean, you know, we're not going to get caught in the bad side of it. Fortunately, we're also going to look at uh, how we can get a handle on these areas of our lives and how we can overcome the struggles, how we can overcome the disappointment and the damage that they can otherwise do to us. So today, to kick stuff off, uh, we're going to start by looking at another one of those major areas and uh, that, uh, you know, people struggle with from time to time. Call it a lot of things, right? But today, we're kind of calling it, you know, as you go, hashtag happiness, okay? You know, we're going we're gonna to talk about happiness. Now, a lot of people uh, might also kind of uh, think about contentment. It sort of falls into the same category, and so I'm going to kind of go back and forth between the two, but it's happiness and contentment. Um, like the video started off by saying, would we all agree we live in the age of social media? We all agree to that, right? You know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and probably 20 others I don't even know exist yet. Okay, but I mean, but there's, you know, there's all these things. Let's, let's just, okay, I just got to try with probably the most basic one. So if you have a Facebook page, hold up your hand. Yeah, almost everybody, almost everybody. Okay, okay. So just, you know, just want to think about it for a minute, okay? You know, and so all of us on our Facebook page, we got these, friends, right? These friends, right? And these friends, friends can update you and the rest of the world for that matter, okay, on just about everything they're doing. And some of them, I think they update us on every thought that crosses their mind, you know, you know, like 24, 7, 365, right? I mean, sometimes you look on Facebook and somebody says, you know, you know, and, and usually they you know, have these little, you know, little quick lines, you know, like, you know, and it'll be something like, just had a great lunch. And I'm thinking like, well, thanks. I really needed to know that. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, so, I mean, it's just, it's just can get kind of silly with some people, it seems like, right? But, but while that can happen, there is absolutely no doubt that in a lot of aspects, social media has, is a wonderful thing, okay? Families that are spread across the country, you know, we're connected like never before. We can connect with our kids. We connect with brothers and sisters and relatives, and we can share. People can know what's going on. I mean, we can almost share in some experiences almost real time, right, with photos and, and, and experiences like, like was impossible to do not too many years ago, right? And if we, you know, if we don't do it with those social media sites, we, you know, pull up our smartphones and we do FaceTime, right? And we, you know, we video chat. But I mean, this connectedness can really be wonderful. But at the same time, there can be some downsides. There's some negative consequences that can come from it as well. And so, well, okay, you ever notice, for those of you who use Facebook or look at Instagram photos or, you know, it's not as big a deal on Twitter, okay, but on some of the others. Uh, Nobody ever posts photos of themselves when they're home with the flu. <laughs> when their eyes are all puffy and their nose, you know. No, you ever notice that, you know? Nobody ever posts those p pictures of themselves, right? 
Nobody ever posts photos of their old broken down car sitting on the side of the road with a flat tire. Do they? Right? Well, you know. So, you know, and, and, and for sure, ladies, none of you post photos of yourself on a bad hair day. Right? Now, you know, for, you know, few of us, that's never a problem, right? You know, it's just, you know, we, there's no such thing as a bad hair day. So, but you know, what, if you really think about it, what most people tend to do is they post photos and, 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 and send things out only of their best days and of their best selves, right? We see the best of their best. So here's where the problem goes, right? Is the problem starts up, and the truth is that, that when we are dealing with happiness and contentment issues, it really all starts out when we start comparing ourselves with these other folks. Doesn't it? it really starts out when we start comparing them to these, to these, these friends that we have, okay? You know, because what we can start to do is we can start to look kind of like it was on the video and say, you know, well, how many likes did she get when she posted her vacation photos? And I started adding it up to how many did I get when I posted mine, right? How many people commented on his new car? Uh, and if we're not careful, we can start to confuse likes with real friendship. And we can start to allow it to determine our self-worth and actually what it's becoming is a popularity contest, right? Because we start to look for things I can do so that I'll get more likes so that I'll feel better about myself. The other problem that, that social media can do is if we allow it to get too big a hole in our life is we actually start to settle for these long distance kind of electronic companionship forums instead of developing really true face-to-face -face, real relationships, which are what our hearts are really aching for, right? Real people right there with us. Um, so today we're looking at happiness, right? Uh, well, what is happiness? Well, my dictionary, the ultimate source of all, you know, you know, word meaning, right? Says having or demonstrating pleasure or satisfaction or being, or being gratified. Contentment also says not desiring for more than what one has, means being satisfied with things as they are. Those two words you can see are really pretty much the same, so they kind of they work interchangeably. Uh, the real challenge with happiness, if you think about that, is that it's really a very fleeting thing. It's very fleeting. You ever noticed in your life, I mean, there are days and when, you know, it's not, you're not trying to be spiritual or anything, you're just trying to live your life, right? And you're kind of going, this is... This is a good day. I'm, I'm really happy right now. I feel like everything is, you know, is, is rocking and rolling along. I got up feeling good. I, you know, got to work. and Work's going pretty well. I mean, we, we can feel like I'm having a really good day. And how in just when, one minute, one phone call, one text, one comment later, and our day is like a wreck. We, we can go from like the highest high to the lowest low in, 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 in almost a heartbeat, okay? And, and sometimes it's due to some social media issues, right? Because we, we, we tend to allow those comparisons and those, that news we get there to have a lot to do with uh, how we feel. In fact, sociologists even say now that you know, social media is a major cause of discontentment, discontentment and unhappiness in people's lives. So let's just look at a couple of those areas real quick, okay? You know, a lot of, one of the major ones that, that get us is material 
and financial discontentment. You know, it kind of comes up when people do things like they, it's those posts that come up like, you know, my new car, you know, and all of a sudden there's their red shiny Corvette and, you know, you got your old Pinto out in the, you know, out in the driveway and, you know, okay, you know, and, you know, or, or some friend, you know, puts, you know, posts, you know, my new kitchen, you know, and, you know, you, you got the old laminate and the microwave, you know, in the corner, you know, I mean, you know, our beach vacation and, you know, you know, you're just, hoping to have a staycation in the backyard with some hamburgers, you know, I mean, right? I mean, we, we see these things, and, and the real question happens, and this is where we have to get real for a minute, is when our friends post those things, are we happy for them, or are we just unhappy for ourselves, right? Can we, can we actually be happy for them? Can we celebrate with them, or are we jealous? Are we dissatisfied that we don't have the same things? The opposite of contentment is covetousness. It's coveting it. And that's a word that means wanting what others have for yourself. So another area that causes discontentment for it is relationship or social discontentment. You know, another post. Great party, but you weren't invited. Right? We become discontent. Or, you know, our island wedding but you're still single. Or, you know, here's, you know, some happy couple, romantic date night, you know, but your marriage didn't go in the way you thought. And, you know, we see these things, and they, they, they can lead us to this discontentment due to the comparisons that we have in their lives. And then, you know, I guess the last one I thought of is like there's this sort of, I call it circumstantial. It's, it's like the circumstance discontentment, okay? It's like, you know, I'm, go, I'm rocking and rolling at home one night, right? And, you know, then it's those people out there, my friends, who are having fun when I'm not, right? It's like, you know, big post pops up and it's, you know, awesome night at the XL Center. You know, whatever was going on there, right? You know, but I'm just sitting home watching old movies, you know? Or, or somebody posts that picture of that fabulous dessert, you know, it says, like, best dessert ever, you know, and I just ate a lean cuisine and a Snickers. I mean, you know, it's, it's no, really, you know, I mean, there, there are these things that, that come up by moment by moment, and, and they can really cause us to become dissatisfied with our lives. They can cause us to feel like, you know, that things are, just are not going the way that they should. And it all really comes down to when we compare ourselves to others because almost universally, almost without a doubt, when we're going to start to compare ourselves to other people, we're going to become dissatisfied and discontented and unhappy. And the reason for that, I believe, is like we said a little earlier, it's because when, when we use social media to kind of as a, as a, make it a big part of our lives, you know, when it kind of is, is a centerpiece, what happens is that we're taking the best of their best and we're comparing it to the worst of our worst, right? That's the dilemma. That's the dilemma. So let's, let's take just a minute and let's, let's try to get to the real core of these causes of discontentment or unhappiness, okay? In the New Testament book of 1 John in chapter 2, we'll put the verse up here. And, and if you've got your Bible, please feel free to open up and, and, and read along. But in 
New Testament in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, what we can read is that it says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the cravings of sinful men, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does, does not come from the Father, but from the world. So if you think about it, what that verse is really saying to us in you know, like really, really plain English is that the real causes of our discontentment are ingratitude, lust and greed, and feelings of entitlement. Okay? Ingratitude. It's our lack of gratitude towards God. Lack of gratitude towards God. Look, we can become so dissatisfied with what, about what we don't have that we stop being grateful for all that we do have. No matter what we have, we want something else. Lust and greed. Talked about it, the lust of the eye. Look, we can get to where we're never satisfied with the things or the relationships we, we have. Okay? We want a better looking car. We want more money. And even when we get that, we're still not happy because we want more. You know, someone said one time, you know, if, you know, people that are greedy, if you ask them, well, how much money is enough money? And they say, well, it's more than I have. Okay, when, when we become dissatisfied, we never can be, be happy and content with what we've got or appreciative for it. And entitlement is when we really start to think we deserve all the things we have. We actually think we deserve them, okay? Uh, and image and status become right at the core of our lives. We think we deserve to live in the right house. We think we deserve the right wife or the right woman in our lives. We deserve to drive the right car. We, we, we start to actually believe that God owes us this stuff or that the world does. Now, the Bible teaches us that an idol is anything we want more than God. It's anything we put between us and God. And so, if we're not careful, we can start to let these feelings of dissatisfaction actually lead us to a form of idolatry because we start to want these things in our life more than we actually want to have that relationship with God. And the unbelievable part of that is when we kind of start doing that, right, and we're no longer satisfied with God's provision in our lives, when God does move to bless us, we often miss it because, well, in fact, we not only miss it, we can even reject it because it's really not what we wanted. It's not what we were looking for. And so we, we even miss the thing God wants to do. There's a story I, I read, I like this, of a little four-year-old boy, okay? And this little boy loved to go to the beach. And so one day his dad said, I'm going to treat him. You know, we're going to have a great day. And so they live close to the beach. And so he said, you know, buddy, you know, you want to go to the beach? And, oh, yeah, yeah, let's go to the beach. And so they uh, load up and, you know, everybody is happy and they're all excited. And they get in the car and they drive to the beach. And, you know, you know, if you get to the beach, right, you know, and I mean like the ocean beach, you know, the real beach, right, not the lake, you know, not Lake Harriet Beach, you know. Uh, you know, there's sand dunes, right? You know, so you're going to be parking back over here on the, you know, back on the parking lot, and you've got to walk through the dunes, and, you know, you kind of get over them, and you, you get to the beach, right? Well, so they're, they're family, they're on their way, and, oh, man, little boy's all happy, and, you know, they're on the path, you know, getting to the beach over and around the dunes, and right, right before they're going to turn the last corner and, you know, get, get to the beach, um, there's this, they've got to go past a mud puddle, well, the little boy also really likes mud puddles. 
Okay? And so, and he loves to play in the mud like all little three, four-year-old boys like to do, right? And so the little boy looks at his daddy and says, hey, can I jump in that mud puddle? And the dad's thinking, well, you know, I don't really want you to get dirty, but hey, we're just about to be at the water, right? We're just about to be at the beach, so no big deal. Let's let, you know, let's, I'll let you jump in the mud puddle. So the little boy jumps in the mud puddle and starts playing around, and he's just having a great time. And after about a minute, you know, the dad says, well, buddy, you know, like, let's go on over to the beach. And the little boy starts screaming and kicking, going, no, no, I want to play in the mud. Isn't that kind of like us? Sometimes, isn't that kind of like us? You know, we miss out on God's best for us, even though it's just, it's just around the bend. It's, it's just up ahead because we, we settle for sitting and wallowing in the mud that's right there, you know? And, and so we, we miss out on living that and, and really receiving that, that happy or that contented life that God has for us. Because we're looking for the quick answer. We're looking for the thing that's immediate, and it's right there. So the real question for us today, as we, as we deal with this particular struggle of happiness, is, is it possible to really live that way? I mean, is it really possible to live a happy, joyous, contented life? Because we certainly struggle with it. We're, I mean, we, we all admit we struggle with that. I mean, that it's, that we, you know, if we've been around church in our lives, we all know the right answer. I mean, right? You know, we know the answer is, yes, of course, I'm supposed to live a contented life. Would we all be willing to admit there's lots of days we're not that content? We're not that happy? I mean, due to the circumstances we face, due, due to some of the things that can seem so unfair that, that we, are, we, we feel like we have to deal with, with dealing with some of the challenges of our life. I mean, this is, this is I, we kind of look at it in this modern context, and it's kind of fun, or, you know, it's different. But, I mean, this is a real issue in our lives. is Because until we really can experience contentment, until we can really understand that, we really what really happens, I think, is we close ourselves off, right? Because, because when I feel like life isn't being fair to me, and you feel like life is, I, I think what happens to us is that we go into defense mode, right? Because I'm, does that make sense? I go into kind of this defensive mode, and, and now anything that happens to me, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, like, you know, I'm, I'm ready to defend myself and do battle because I don't feel like life is treating me fairly. And so you, you, we have to think about, how, well, how, how can we do this then? How do we, how do we actually live it, okay? And again, we all, we all know the right answer, okay? You know, it, we, we know, yes, we're supposed to live contented lives. But, but then why is it easier? You know, why is it easier? Well, you know, in... in we got a great example of somebody who lived that life. This is in uh, Philippians 4, 11 and 12. Let's, uh, let's read this, okay? Um, it's, it's the Apostle Paul, and it's uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. And what Paul is saying here is he says, I'm not, he's talking about the circumstances he's in, and the next, so where we pick up on 11, it says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content 
whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in every, any and every situation, whether I'm well-fed or hungry, whether I'm living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Here's the point. Paul says a very important word here. He says, I've learned. I've learned to be content. I've learned. Being content is not a natural state of the world. Being jealous, I mean, we live in a fallen world. The state of the world is to be jealous, discontented, you know, I want what you've got, okay? You know, hashtag my new car, where's my new car? I want a new car too. I deserve that red Corvette just as much as, you know, you do, right? I, you know, I deserve a new house. I deserve, I don't know, you know, that new kitchen. I deserve that big beach. Why not, why, you know, I, okay, that's the natural state is I want what you've got. In fact, I want more, right? But how do I learn to be content? Paul tells us a key word there, and he says, I've learned to do that. I've learned to do that. So if something's got to be learned, I mean, I'm not a school teacher, okay, and I'm not a psychologist, but you can go read it anywhere. If you want to learn to do something, you got to practice it. You got to do it, right? I mean, when I wanted to learn my multiplication tables in whatever grade I learned them in, you know, you know, and you know, it got to the sevens, it was a little harder. You know what I mean? It was a little harder because my fingers didn't, you know, didn't always, you know, seven times three was, you know, I couldn't do two times two. You know, I could go, oh, that's four. Okay. You know, it was a little bit harder, right? So what did I have to do? I had to practice it. I had to repeat it. I had to learn it. I had to do it over and over again. And so part of what we got to do is we got to learn to be content by practicing it, by nurturing it. And by doing things that, that, that encourage that type of feeling and not things that, that drive us away from it. So let's just, let's leave here today with a few ideas that might help us learn and practice the idea of contentment, okay? And the first one is this, is we need to learn to trust God to provide everything we need. Now, that's easy to say and hard to do. Trust God to provide everything we need. Because there's some things I may decide I need, but really I want them, that God may not provide. Now, I've got to decide, am I going to be contented with what God has provided or am I going to be discontented because it's what I needed, but it's not what I wanted. I wanted a red, shiny Corvette. I got a 73 Pinto. No, do you understand? But I got transportation. What I needed was transportation. God provided me with transportation. It, if I'm, I should be contented because I can get from place A to place B, but sometimes it's not the one I wanted, and so then I don't want it. I reject it. What we've got to learn to do in our lives is, is trust God to provide everything you need. 
and what you need may be different from what I need and it may be different from what the guy sitting in the cubicle next to you at work needs and it may be different from what the people down the block need. And so the problem gets back to this thing earlier about comparing myself to others. If I'm comparing how God has met your need, it may make me dissatisfied about how he meets my need because he may meet them differently. But the point is he will meet the need. Okay, and so I really want us to get that in our spirits that we it's a it's a huge decision for us. But it's to really that trust God will provide everything that we need. So we need to stop comparing ourselves to others and what they have. We need to look to God. You know, Romans 12, 15. Romans 12, 15 commands us. This this isn't a suggestion. It says rejoice with those who rejoice. And mourn with those who mourn, right? So, I mean, this, is, this, is, this wasn't written in some, you know, hey, if it's convenient. Hey, if, if, if God's done, the, you know, if God gave you the same new car they gave them, then you guys can both, you know, be happy together. No, no. This says when you show me your new car, I just go praise God for that new car for you. Hey, praise God that you were able to get that new kitchen or that you were able to change houses or that... Praise God for your new job. Praise God for that fun vacation you guys had. Do you see what I mean? That, but, and with, without any but. Without any, so where's mine? It's a big deal. But we've got to learn, if we really want to experience contentment in our lives and true happiness, is that we've got to let God be God to you differently than he's my God, but, but he still meets the need. His purposes are accomplished. The paths he takes may be different. Okay. Matthew 6, 25 to 34. Let's put that up. Let's read that together. That's several verses. It's worthwhile, though, for us to read. Because, you know, part of doing this is actually believing that God knows what I need. Right? I mean, if I'm going to trust God to provide my needs, I actually have to believe that God knows my needs. And that He cares. So, Matthew, 20, uh, Matthew uh, 6, 25 to 34. This is Jesus talking. And he's, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life, is not life more than food and the body, more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap. I used to read this verse, and I thought it was silly. Honestly, I thought it was silly. Because I'm talking about birds and flowers. And I'm people. Do you, do you understand? I was reading it wrong. I, 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 I didn't understand for a lot, of, a lot of my life that God, he's talking about me, right? He, he, in fact, he's making the contrast, right? Look, if I take care of birds and flowers, don't you think I'd take care of you? I mean, I'm taking care of these things that are here today and gone tomorrow. I'm, I'm taking care of these, what, what you would call trivial Right? I mean, in, in the, in the, not, not that they're not beautiful to look at, not that I don't like nice grass on the ground and all this stuff, but I mean, in the, in the grand scheme of the needs of my life, having nice flowers in front of my house is no big deal. Do you understand? Having nice grass, okay? So, I mean, the point is, if God's actually saying, guys, listen, if I take care of stuff as little as grass and flowers and birds and see that the birds get food to eat, Are you kidding me that I won't take care of you? 
That's really, I mean, that's the Steve translation of this. Are you kidding me that you'd think I wouldn't take care of you? Does that make sense? So, verse 28, it picks up and he says, and why do you worry about your clothes? Well, we do, don't we? We worry about the right clothes, the right outfit. Today's, I mean, we worry about clothes, right? You know, ladies, none of them want to look alike, and the guys, we all do. <laughs> you know, you know, okay, I'm sorry. I just, this is the funniest thing in the world to me. I've just seen this all my life, right? If two women showed up at an event dressed alike, one would run to the bathroom in tears because there never should be two people dressed alike in the same outfit, right? If two guys showed up wearing exactly the same outfit, they'd go, hey, you got the message, you know, hey, you know. I mean, we, we actually think, you know, hey, I don't have to worry about anybody saying, you're not dressed right. You know, there's another guy dressed just like me, and I'm like, yes. Yes, okay, you know, but we worry about this stuff, don't we? I mean, we actually worry about clothes, okay? And he says, he says, but look, look at the flowers of the field. They don't, they don't work, they don't labor, they don't sow, they don't spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor looked as good as them, okay? If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not clothe you? Oh, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, and what shall we drink, and what shall we wear? That's what the pagans do. They run after all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Look, if we want to live contented lives, if we want to live lives that are actually happy and joyous, what we've got to learn to do is actually go beyond saying it, but learn to trust God to provide everything that we need. The second thing we've got to do is we need to learn to be grateful for what we have. Pretty basic stuff, isn't it? But we don't. We need to learn to be grateful for what we had. You know, there's a great phrase. It's uh, an attitude of gratitude, right? You know, we've heard that and read it. But isn't that good? You know? It's a, it, and, and again, it has to be learned. I have to practice it because my first inclination is maybe not to do that, right? You know, if I haven't practiced it, if I've spent most of my life looking at other people going, you know, how come I don't have what you have? It's hard for me to have an attitude of gratitude, okay? I read this in, in, a, in an article. It said, envy is resenting, God, just listen to this, envy is resenting God's goodness in other people's lives while ignoring God's blessings in your own. Wow. That's what envy, you know, really is. Cut down through it, pull, peel back the layers. It's resenting God's goodness in other people's lives while ignoring it in your own. So, you know, like simply put, be happy. Be contented with the car you have. Be happy with the place God has given you to live. Right? Be happy. Do, do you see what I mean? We, we learn to be thankful in all situations. We learn from Paul there in Philippians 4 that it's a learned response. It's a choice. It's a decision. It's not a function. It's not a function of our current circumstances. 
Think about it. When Paul wrote those verses in Philippians 4, he was in prison. This, the, Paul didn't write, I have learned to be content in all circumstances, whether with much or little, whether hungry or well-fed. He didn't write that. This wasn't like most of us posting the po- photo, the update, on our best day. He was posting it on a tough day. He's in prison. And yet Paul is saying, I've learned to be content with what I got. And we all know he was because, I mean, Paul preached. He, Paul did a lot of work while he was in prison, right, serving God. He didn't sit in, the, in that cell just, you know, going, well, I'm locked up. What can I do? He didn't sit there feeling sorry for himself. He was busy about God's business, okay? Imagine how different our lives would be if we say, you know what, I may not have the car I want. I may not have the job I want. I may not be living where I want. I may not, you know, I may not have as much money as I want. Yeah, okay, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to be content with what I have. I'm going to serve God faithfully with what he's given me. I can't serve him with what he hasn't given me. He's not holding you accountable for what he hasn't given you. Do, do you understand? Okay, but, but with whatever health he's given me, with whatever resources he's given me, with whatever circumstances that I'm, I'm, I'm in right now, I'm going to be faithful, and I'm going to be contented, and I'm going to appreciate those things. Because, boy, for one thing, there's another verse that says, faithful in little, faithful in much. Maybe the key to the next car, the next house, the next job, bigger salary, is proving faithfulness with where I am right now. Maybe, okay? We need to learn to be grateful for what we have and not allow it to be a function of our current circumstances. And finally, do you think what we think about is important? Do you think what we allow to roll over in our minds, you know, when we're just sort of sitting around, we can call it daydreaming or call it whatever we want, right? But we just kind of allow our mind to be rocking and rolling around. Yeah, it is important, isn't it? We'll all agree. That, we, that what we think about matters in life. Well, let me tell you, what we need to do is think about things that will encourage you. Think about things that will encourage you, not discourage you, okay? Let's read another verse. Let's look at Philippians 4, same chapter, okay? Let's look at Philippians 4, but an earlier verse. It's verses 8 and 9. Verses 8 and 9. And Paul gives the folks he's talking to some direction, okay? And what Paul says is, brothers and sisters, he says, whatever's true, whatever's noble, Whatever's right and pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Think about these things. What do we spend our time thinking about? If I spend my time comparing myself to someone else on Facebook and what they've got or where they went or what's dessert they just had while I'm sitting there with my Snickers, I'll become very dissatisfied. But if what I spend my time thinking about is the goodness of God, faithfulness of God, the love of God, the trustworthiness of God, the purity of God, and that all those things are available to me, that I can trust God to provide the needs that I have in my life. That I can be grateful. I can thank him. I can thank him for what he has given me. I can thank him for the relationships I have. I can thank him 
for the provision that I do have, if I can tell him I'm grateful for those things. By the way, I can thank him for Jesus. I can thank him for Jesus, and I can thank him for the price that Jesus paid for me. I, I've, we have a lot to be thankful for, don't we? It's will we take the time to think about those things that will encourage us and to be and to have that attitude of gratitude. Think about things that matters. Look, all of us know this. It's true, right? We all got this. We got this part of our lives that that's seeking happiness, seeking contentment, seeking joy. And we try to fill that spot with lots of stuff, right? We try to fill it with lots of stuff. I mean, a lot of the world, and, and, and let's be honest, a lot of us try to fill it with stuff. You know, I've, I've heard people say, when I feel bad, I go shopping. I'm not, I'm not making any value judgment. I've just heard the statement. You know, when I feel bad, I go shopping. Okay. You know, that's just another form of self-medication. Some people, when they feel bad, take drugs. Some people go turn to alcohol. Some look for sex. Some, I mean, you, you know, go down the list, right? We've all heard stories, okay? But, but there is, a, there is a, a, a desire to fill that hole when, when we, because it needs to be filled. And the, and the truth of it is, there's only one thing that brings us peace, joy, happiness, contentment and that's Jesus it's the love of God in our lives isn't it there's nothing we can fill we can try to jam anything else in there we want and and we'll all admit let's be honest for a moment for a period those things are good they feel good right I mean you go buy those new shoes and you know hey they look good right you know you go buy the new clothes and you know you kind of go put them on and you know hey I look all right in these I mean, right, you go spend too much money on a big meal out somewhere and you kind of go, yeah, but oh, I'm feeling good. Right, I mean, we, but you're hungry again later. That's my point. I, I, I'm not saying you should never go have some fun and buy some new clothes and, you know, have a nice meal out. No, I hope you do. I hope you do. But don't think those bring real contentment, real happiness, real joy. Because, right, we all know they will not. They will not satisfy long-term. Only, only God does. Only God does. And so today, you know, I just think this is an opportunity for us to kind of take a moment and calibrate our lives, right? We, we just need to calibrate our lives because the, the world pulls us towards whether it's using social media or just hearing, again, you know, social media is one venue, right? But it's, it's, the, it's the guy in the next cube. It's the, you know, it's, it's the people down the street. It, it, you don't need to be on social media to experience this, right? We all have neighbors and friends and relatives and coworkers, and they tell us their stories, and they show us their new stuff. And, you know, uh, you know they, the neighbor has got a brand-new boat, right? Well, and, you know, they don't hide it in back. They got it parked right on the driveway where every time you drive by, you got to see that new boat, you know, and think... I don't even own a boat, <laughs> you know, boy, and this one's bigger and newer, you know, I mean, right, we can all do that, but what we need to understand is that no matter what we do, those things won't satisfy us like Jesus will.
So today, if you, if you will, just stand with me as we close and let's just, let's just make a decision. Today's a day, just it's an opportunity to make a decision. First of all, if there's anyone here that's never decided to fill that hole with Jesus to begin with, right? If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior, not a follower of Jesus, then today is the beginning of the day to do that and, and say, I'm not going to be looking for these things of the world to meet a need that, that they can't possibly meet, but that, that, only, that only you can meet. So, if you will, just as you close your eyes, you know, bow your heads and close your eyes. I mean, is there anybody here that just would say today, today I need to, I need to make that first step. I need to just make that decision to say, I want to I I be a follower of Jesus today. I haven't ever made that call. I've never made that decision. So today, that's me. I don't, I don't want us to miss that for you. Okay, okay. But if you would say, you know, I do sometimes allow myself to get over here into this area of comparing myself to others and, and, and becoming dissatisfied and discontented. And today, I'm really will- what I'm really willing to admit is I've allowed that to make me even discontented with God. So today, I want to I pull it back. I want to reorder my thinking, and I want to start to learn the secret of commit, contentment, just like Paul said. If you'd say, that's me today. I'm, I'm going to commit to start practicing and learning the same contentment that Paul expressed. Just raise your hand. Just say, yep, that's me. I want to become that guy, that gal. Yeah, okay, okay. Lord, today, we just come before you, and Father, we pray that you would, uh, Lord, give us confidence that you know what we need. Give us confidence, Lord, that you know what we need and that we can really trust you. God, I pray that you would, in all of us, rekindle the fire of gratitude. Pray, Lord, that we would be people of gratitude, Lord. We would be thankful for all that you have provided us. And, Lord, I pray that even today as we read your word, you would encourage us, Father, and that we would think about things, Lord, that will draw us closer to you. Because our desire, Father, is to radiate your love, your happiness and joy to the world around us, Father, by being people who are contented in all circumstances. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.